0: Unmade's conference, Humane, focusing on the impact of AI on the marketing industry, is now less than three weeks away. Go to humane.au, that's H-U-M-A-I-N dot A-U, to stay ahead of the robots that want to take your job. Start the week with Unmade. Setting the agenda for the week in media and marketing.
1: Today, recriminations around ARN's raid on SCA. Are we looking at a total ban on betting ads? And Australia's platform laws get picked up globally.
0: Un-made.
1: It's Monday the 26th of June in Australia... And it's still Sunday night in the UK. I'm Abe Udy and good morning from
0: London, Tim Burrows. Good morning Abe, back in good old Tasmania where
1: I suspect it's a few degrees cooler than it is for me. It is quite cool in Tassie, but tell me about London. How is it? How are you going? Ah look, it's great. I am a little jet
0: lagged, but that's always the cost of uh, being several time zones away, so... Look, there's just something about Britain in the summertime. There's such an energy to it. There's just stuff happening. Um, you know, it kind of uh, uh, one of those unifying moments is everyone watches the BBC and watches Glastonbury for three nights. So literally 15 minutes before we started recording this, Elton John finished his, his headline out, which I, I think might be the last time we ever see him do mm. something live. So, uh, So there's a there's a lot going on um you know and there's there's various conferences everyone's coming back this week from Cannes. there's madfest which is one of the reasons i'm in, in in london um not this coming week but the week after um so yeah there's a there's a vibe there's an energy against uh, around the place um every time i come there's more digitised outdoor boards than last time um and uh, the free newspapers get thinner and thinner you know, the Evening Standard really is just a sort of sad pamphlet now. So, um, so yeah, you know, each time you come, yeah. you definitely notice the, the little changes in the uh, in the media.
1: Before we get into Start the Week and the happenings in Australia this week, I uh, read uh, some of your writings about Timbot in Saturday's email. Do you want to give us a quick little uh, summary of how he's going?
0: Yes, this was something really exciting to finally launch, and it felt quite strange being on the other side of the world when we finally got him out of the door and kind of you know, having to send him off into the world and then go straight to bed. So, yeah, so, so Timbot is, is Unmade's chatbot. Um it consists of uh the the, the the knowledge uh that comes from my book, Media Unmade, plus the accumulated two year archive of um Unmade's newsletter, um along with some transcripts from the podcast too. And um it's our attempt to um to in a kind of you know chatty format um answer questions about the media. So it's you know, it's been a great fun project to work on. We worked on it with Nick Hodges from Fear of Missing Art and uh Kat McGinn, uh, our curator of Humane, kind of led things from our end of things. And it's been fascinating, you know, because it's... it's you, you, I guess you just learn so much about just sort of the, the you know, some of the... Not not the deep technicalities, but the kind of the surface level technicalities of of how things like ChatGPT work. So, you know, we what one of the things we've tried to solve is that issue of ChatGPT just making stuff up. So it's much more about. Taking the facts and the details that we've published, and then using GP, Chat GPT to process that data using its massive processing power, rather than giving an answer from the wider web. So, yeah, it's been a it's been a fun process. But you know, it it, it the um, Chat GPT is so busy it breaks sometimes, particularly on Australian afternoons when the Americans are waking up. But yeah, I would I would urge absolutely everybody to, uh, to give him a try. Just go to timbot.ai and he's there. But, um, but where should we start this week, Abe?
1: Well, let's start this week with a, with a headline in the AFR. Kyle and O's boss ignites silent fury among his own investors is the headline. Uh, that was uh, in relation to last week's share raid by ARN Media on SCA. Lots more on that today, Tim.
0: Yeah, the reverberations continue. This was something I wrote about in uh, Saturday's Best of the Week email. So this was kind of the the fairly unusual thing that um, Southern Cross Austereo, one of its biggest shareholders now, with just under 15%, I think it's 14.8%, is now its biggest rival, its ARN Media. So the the owners of uh, Kiss FM and the Gold Network, amongst others, now own a chunk of Southern Cross Austereo. So that's not quite as... In some ways it's not quite as strange as it seems um and in some way and it's also perhaps not as dramatic as it seems because the one thing it's not is a takeover bid because they wouldn't be allowed because of you are limited to owning two licenses in any f m area so it's it's not as if they could but clearly, what seems to have happened is that um a r n has decided that s c a looks cheap. And that if it buys those shares, it can sell them down the track at a profit, which is what the company actually did a few years back before ARN rebranded from HT&D when they did a quick share raid on Omedia um, and then about a year, year and a half later sold those shares on, on a kind of profit of, um, oh, it was three or four times what they got. So so you can you can understand the logic and... You know, I've 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 written about and possibly even talked here that I've felt that Southern Cross Australia myself is, you know, strangely underpriced, considering of kind of the va- you know, the, the value of the assets. They they own regional T V licenses, they own um the Triple M network and the hit network kind of um both metro and, and regionally and they also have listener which is kind of up and coming so there's a you know there there are a lot of assets there but at the same time you know radio is tough um and the 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 market's kind of down which is what's depressed it but um but yeah i uh, i guess there's one other little little thing to this as well which is just um uh, it, it also plays in ARM Media for having a bit of a vote in any future kind of takeover activity potentially involving SCA. They they, they have an extra lever they can pull. Um, but um, but yeah, not um, not according to the AFR, well received in the investor community. Um, as as you were saying, that headline is silent fury. Now, admittedly, the fury is so silent. That they don't actually have any quotes from anyone on the record who's <laughs> cross about it, um, but the the thinking is um, ARN did pay quite a lot above uh, the, the 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 current share price in order to get its fifteen percent stake. The argument being they'd have had to start disclosing once they got up to five percent what they're up to, and it might have driven the price even higher was the you know was the potential risk um but yeah the quote from um a unnamed senior media executive in the afr was this is an insane premium with no takeover offer almost unheard of so um so yeah it's one of those things we'll have to well we'll, well, we'll I guess have to see whether it was a good decision or by by ARN or not um, in a few months' time when we see what the share price of SCA is, particularly if they then managed to get out having you know just done a, a savvy deal. But as I say, you know. I've disclosed that I'm in the same boat because I bought some shares in SCA because I thought it looked cheap. So, um, so we'll uh, we'll both go down in flames together, I guess.
1: And more on SCA in the age and the SMH as well as new boss John Kelly takes charge at SCA this week. What's on his plate?
0: Yeah, that's right. We get the uh, we get the handover because we're coming to the end of the uh, the financial year, which is also when um, uh, the current CEO Grant Black steps down and hands over to his internal successor, John Kelly. Um, So that, um, that obviously is a, you know, significant passing of the uh, passing of the torch, which we've, we've talked about here. I seem to remember we were actually recording this podcast when the when the news broke, so we got to uh, we got to talk about it when 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 it was very fresh. So that that hand handover does take place, um, and yeah, there's a there's a detailed piece in the um, you'll be able to find it in both the Sydney Morning Herald and the Age, looking really at the agenda for John Kelly, um, because you know most immediately we're now a week away from the current agreement with 10 for the um, affiliation deal for the, for for the networks to come to an end. Um, That was a two year deal. Now I don't think anyone is really expecting that there won't just be another rollover deal signed this week. But you know, one of the interesting things about that one will be how long it is. Is it another two years? Is it a bit longer? Um, We'll see. So, you know, I think expectations that perhaps Paramount Tenzona might try and do a deal to buy the um, regional TV licenses. That that faded a while back because nobody, including Paramount, seemed willing to pay the price that SCA wanted. So, yeah. So I think, you know, most likely that would just be a, a rollover on that deal. Um but yeah, let's maybe not bet on that until it actually arrives. Um, but, you know, the Sydney Morning Herald kind of makes the point that, you know, SCA, as I was saying, they they also have their digital audio platform, Listener, um, which is, is yet, certainly in the last set of numbers, is yet to turn a profit. I just have a bit of a hunch that um, we might see when the kind of full year financial numbers come out. We might see them declaring um, that listener is now profitable. Now it might not be on a full year basis. They might have just been able to say, you know, it turned profitable in the last month or two. But we'll we'll see. Particularly with the you know with the advertising markets um, slowing down. But you know that's a that you know that's another issue and another battleground. And then the really intriguing one, and 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 we've talked about this as well, is there's not that long until Kyle Sanderland's and Jackie O's current deal with ARN expires and of course one of the you know moments which arguably kind of took away from um, SCA's momentum and 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 you know put it in the sort of commercial challenges it faces was losing Kyle and Jackie O so the question is is there a way of getting them back and, you know, I've I, I've said before on this podcast, if I was SCA, I would just offer them a chunk of the company to come across. So whether they're bold enough to do that, uh, we'll see. Um, because of course they'd have to justify that to their shareholders. But um but yeah, that's gonna be one of the key questions going forward.
1: And Tim, I've seen, uh, just as, we, as we're as we recording, Disrupt radio launches today to a fanfare, a, a fairly quiet fanfare. Uh, do you have any update on what's happening with Disrupt? Do
0: you know, a quiet fanfare is probably the best way of putting it. I don't think they'll have launched with big audiences. But, you know, best of luck, because it's always great to see any new media thing start. And Sedja, uh, our producer, you've been um, following this one this morning. I think you saw the founder, Benjamin Roberts, had put something on LinkedIn.
1: That's right. He calls it a first format for entrepreneurial thinkers and business mavericks with Bob Geldof at the helm for the first week of live breakfast. He also says, here's to a five-year business plan and dream that's come to life. And might I say, after being retrenched by Fairfax Radio and told to dumb down my CV if I ever wanted to stay in the industry, here's to every person that played a part in this adventure. Interesting to see uh, Disrupt launching this morning. It will be be great to track their journey and to see... To see how they go, as you said, Tim, starting probably with smaller audiences. And you would think finding an audience will be the biggest challenge, as you say, good luck to them. Um, Any thoughts on that?
0: Yeah, and look, and they have since last week when we sort of said they'd not been doing much PR. Their PR people did come back and say that um, they'd make Benjamin available for an interview at some point. So we've not managed to get that nailed down yet. But I am still keen to uh,
1: have a talk and understand his business model. Up next... Crunch week for betting ads.
0: Unmade.
1: The arrival of a ban on gambling ads looks to be inching closer. Tim, what's the latest update?
0: Yeah, this is one in the City Morning and the Age. Uh, Amelia Maguire and Callum Jaspin have the byline on this one. Now... The new development is they are reporting that the Parliamentary Standing Committee on Social Policy and Legal Affairs, which is effectively, this is an advisory committee, but includes politicians from all parties, is going to recommend a total ban on gambling advertising. Now, you know, this, this sort of committee, because it, it, it involves politicians from all parties, carries weight... But it doesn't set the policy it's not it's not the government so um, it, it's certainly not the final word on it but the fact that you know this this follows the inquiry into online gambling harm um, and the fact that it is going to recommend this total ban on gambling carries weight and what they're recommending is that it's rolled out over a four year period so it, 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 it I don't know if that means four years' notice or it gradually tails away over four years. We'll, we'll find out more. But, um, but yeah, that, that proposal is, uh, is on the way and obviously would have um, uh, some quite big implications for the, for the media industry, assuming it happens.
1: So what will media companies do to make up – I mean, you would assume there's a lot of revenue potentially lost. What will they do to make, make up this, for this loss in revenue?
0: Yeah, the sort of numbers I've heard are something like from the sector, about 300 million. That's been reported widely several times. That's $300 million a year, of which perhaps $200 million a year comes out of television. Um, and one of the interesting things about you know the, the reporting of this suggests that it may not be just television that this ban happens. It, it could be proposed. It, it happens elsewhere. Now, I think one of the things is it would create a bit of a level level playing field in a couple of directions one is for the different betting companies i actually suspect they wouldn't feel too sad because if they all just get the status quo but it actually costs them 300 million dollars a year less than it did before then um then that that not you know that may not be the end of the world for them um so that you, we can probably put that to one side the the issue in the sort of short term and we say short but yeah it could be four years and this might be the reason why for the for the tv companies in particular is of course that's a big hole in the budgets and you know the 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 price at which they offered to buy sports rights was based on the fact that they would pay for that using betting ads betting revenue um so i think one of the major implications will probably be it would drive down the value of the next deal so that you know that's my guess is that's the major implication is that well we might see so a little bit of sanity returning to sports rights again although i i'm cautious about that because it feels like every single time the sports rights go up I predict that the next time we'll, 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 it will have peaked and it will come down again, and then it doesn't actually happen. So, um, you know, I've been wrong on that one before. But um, but yeah, look, it, it's in terms of um, regulatory intervention in the advertising industry. Um, this is uh, almost as,
1: as as big as it gets, really, if it actually happens. Mm. Up next. Canada takes a maple leaf from Australia's book.
0: Um, Unmade.
1: Two years on from Meta unfriending Australia, the same thing is about to go down in Canada. Has the news media bargaining code gone global, Tim?
0: Yeah, that's that's a a good way of thinking about it, really, Abe. Um, You know, and when I was saying just now, when I was talking about how the intervention of the um, the, the the changes on the betting laws as one of the biggest regulatory impacts on the advertising industry. The other one I would have pointed to was the news media bargaining code laws, which eventually came in in early 2021, and effectively meant that any designated digital platforms would be obliged to pay um, news providers for the right to link to their content now in the end nobody was actually designated because google and parent company alphabet and facebook and parent company meta went off and did deals to give money to the uh, news companies so that then everybody would basically be happy Um, so they could sort of maintain that principle that they don't pay to link to things but that that lasted two years for the platforms and and finally a domino has fallen so um uh last week we saw new media laws sort of passed through in canada which really are they're, they're a new version of the news media bargaining code they're clearly based on what went on in australia um so most likely we're now going to see meta at the very least google tends to be a bit more moderate in these things but meta um, potentially pull off news links out of um, their their feed in that same way they did back in uh, back in australia where all of a sudden you know all of those links went dark and then the, the news publishers um you know lot you know lost um uh lost all of that valuable traffic so um big Big move because it's just gone from a little thing in Australia that was, you know, a huge local story, but maybe not of much global significance. And all of a sudden, um, you know, this this is the second domino. So I could see this
1: going around the world now. So what's going to happen next in Australia?
0: Yeah, there's a review coming up very shortly into the the working of the news media bargaining code, of which there are couple of issues um one of the kind of key ones is the big end of town did very well they got the deals but there are a kind of vocal few smaller news publishers who didn't get anything so arguably the playing field you know was, was was you know was less level than ever before um so that that's one aspect which will be interesting to see how that review addresses that and then the other thing is you know, all of the, the kind of the telegraphing from Meta is that it's got no interest in doing another set of deals. So it wouldn't surprise me if at that point Meta just takes news links off its platform altogether um, rather than kind of being held to ransom and doing another round of deals.
1: And there have been big changes in the landscape over the last couple of years really since then. what What will the rise of AI mean to the ecosystem?
0: Well, this is one of the massively interesting questions, and, it, and I suppose it's, it, it's something which does make the news media bargaining code look a little more elegant and certainly than it seemed to me at the time, because I, I, I never particularly liked it as a mechanism. But if um, the likes of, as I say, Meta and Alphabet can be forced to pay for the right to uh, link to content or make use of that content, then if um, large language model systems, which is sort of what's behind generative AI... If they're being trained on news content and being driven by that news content to give the correct answers, then there argue there really is an argument. That there should be some sort of licensing regime there. Whether um, you know w- w- whether it's doing deals directly or, or, or it's something you know more akin to kind of you know the way that things like the copyright agency works. But um, but yeah, it does feel that. Um, potentially the work of the News Media Bargaining Code could just be widened to cover AI as well, which um, would certainly be be one way of at least looking at the situation.
1: Well, that's it for today. We'd love to hear what you think at letters at unmade.media. That's letters at unmade.media.
0: And Unmade will be back tomorrow with
1: Tuesday tackling the real cost for creative agencies of pitching. Don't forget, if you'd like to support Unmade, you can become a paying member. Go to unmade.media to find out how. And if you haven't
0: tried him yet, do go to timbot.ai to ask our AI friend a media question. Today's podcast was produced with the usual enthusiastic support of Abe's Audio. See you next time. Toodlepip. Podcast edit by Abe's Audio.